0: This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes just one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the Rouge. Barrett oh, does it again from down. He is oh. just tearing the Orioles apart. Oh. It's good. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he ties the good. game. He's the Thunder. Got it. With eight pins left. Up the grand slam the other way for Aaron Judge. Penetrate creates. And show us some dexterity as well All with the left hand. Yankees win. The Yankees win. Okay, quick warning, because this is not going to be, yeah, yeah, the Knicks have won three in a row. They just swept the back to back. This is not going to be a happy, positive episode. RJ, how are you a fan of this team if you're constantly negative? No, no, no. I'm a fan, but I'm also a passionate fan. I'm also a critic at the same time. And I can't help the fact that when I'm very disturbed at what I'm seeing, that I'm going to call it out. I'm not somebody who sits there, my hands under my ass, and it just stays quiet. I'm going to call it like I see it. I'm going to shoot it straight to you. That's always how I've been as a sports fan. Sometimes those types of individuals can come across as as negative or pessimistic or over the top, and maybe we are sometimes. But <laughs> I'm gonna let you know right now, the way this episode is gonna go, it's not gonna go the way you know a positive fan would want it to go, despite the Knicks having won three in a row. Because what we've just witnessed these last couple of nights, especially these last, you know, this back to back, was was by far, in my opinion, it was by far um the 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 worst back to back I've witnessed from this team in the last 5 years considering the talent discrepancy they've been going up against and and the the the, the experience discrepancy as well when you put that into consideration it i mean i am actually shocked and quite disappointed that they did pull away these two wins just because i, I you know i feel like it's not going to Register in them that they need to get their shit together. So I'm letting you know right now, this is not going to be a happy episode. We're going to head to break and we'll get this thing started. Be right back. Hey guys, so I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch the podcast on YouTube are actually subscribed. So make sure the next time you go to BD4 on YouTube, if you feel like subscribing, do it. This way it'll help the channel grow, reach out to more audiences. More Knicks fans out there, more Yankees fans out there, MMA fans, sports fans in general. Just whenever you watch BD4 on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to help us grow. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone. And I'm also on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Alright, so what's going on everybody? I'm your host, RJ Carbone. This is episode 296. Of the podcast. Welcome to BD4. Where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. I am currently in quarantine because I caught the. Um, the Omicron. The Omicron. Cold. Um, I'm okay. I don't really feel sick at all. You could probably hear it in my voice. Other than that. I feel fine. Um. So I have a couple more days, I think, of, of quarantine, then I'll be good to go. Crazy world we're in. But um, <clears throat> also, because of that, you know, I'm going to be, uh, this is going to be a shorter episode. Just because, you know, my voice isn't at its best right now. Um, So yeah, if you haven't yet subscribed to BD4, be sure to do so right now. You can find this podcast on many platforms. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Sound SoundCloud, um, you know Anchor, which is our sponsor, Stitcher, many other listening platforms, as well as watch the podcast on YouTube, and subscribe to it there. If you want to download the podcast, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you want, share this podcast on social media with your friends. Comment all. That fun stuff. Be sure to do so. Subscribe, follow, share with your friends. All that. Also, you can follow me on social media. I'm at R J Carbone on Facebook, and if you go to Instagram, I'm at. <laughs> Why am I laughing randomly tonight? I'm, I'm uh at Rob J Carbone on Instagram. I hope everybody has had a good a good night. Um, you know, I actually had a good day. I had a good night. When you take it, in fact, when you ignore the Knicks, um, you know, I've been good. I've been good. I'm hanging in there. I have, you know, it's Christmas break. Christmas just ended. New Year's is now coming up. Terrible time to get the the cold and have to quarantine. But, aside from that, doing well. I'm enjoying my time uh, off from school as we're in between semesters at the moment. And hopefully... If all goes, you know, as as planned and I continue to do well, I'll be graduated for once. (laughs) And finally, about time, uh, this 26-year-old right here on on this podcast will be graduated from college once and freaking for all in this summer. Um, You know, after the first half of the summer, if all goes as as expected, I should be out with my associates. (laughs) It's it's pathetic. Um, But, hey, everybody's on their own pace. Um, Okay. So... Whew. Yeah, let's get to it. You know, I'm trying to avoid it, but again, this is going to be a shorter episode. I just want to get right to the point. This Knicks team, yes, they, they, they sweep back-to-back to start the road trip here. Um, Two more games on this road trip. I think they have OKC on Friday, but we're going to talk about these first two games. They sweep the back-to-back. They take on the depleted Minnesota Timberwolves on Tuesday night, and they take that victory uh, 96 points to 88 points against the Wolves. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> so in that game against the Wolves, we're going to briefly go over this one. Uh, now, usually, you know, the the new schedule here um, is that we're going to recap every game, except for the back-to-backs. We'll likely combine those two in one. So this is a back-to-back we're talking about, and the Knicks picked up the 96-88 victory over the T-Wolves on Tuesday night. Now, um, this was what I thought was going to be the most disappointing game to discuss. But uh, tonight happened. Um, But this game against the Wolves, 96-88, the Knicks slowly getting healthier here. Um, I think they're full full strength now, obviously, except D-Rose, but... The Wolves were depleted. There was no Towns, no D'Lo in particular. Those two were out. Um, And the Knicks, (laughs) they pull away. You know, it was a disgusting side. Um, I'm sorry, it was a disgusting game offensively for both sides. The Knicks were 6-for-16. That's 38% at the free throw line. Um, The Timberwolves across the board were pretty bad. 40% on field goals. 18% on three points. And 65% at the free throw line. Which is normally horrible, but when you're in the Knicks and you shoot 38%. um, But in the end, the Knicks pulled away. Um, It was, in my opinion, it was Mitchell Robinson. They dominated the paint, and he was a big part of that. Got great production from Robinson and excellent production from their bench unit. And that's going to continue into tonight. Uh, But Mitch was outstanding with 14 points and 18 rebounds. He had two steals in one block. And then you had the bench showing up. You had Burks, Toppin, and Gibson all shooting 50% each. And they each also had seven points apiece. Emmanuel quickly led all Knicks with four assists. Quinton Grimes tied the leading Knicks with three more triples. Uh, to start this one out in the first quarter, the Knicks, you could see they were very balanced offensively. They had a pick-and-roll heavy attack, um, and they were spreading the floor nicely. Evan Fournier was getting to going in spot-up and getting into the lanes early. Um, he had 10 points in the opening period. The Timberwolves had their offense working early, too. Um, but the Knicks, they left 5 points off the board with a 1-for-6 free throw performance in the first quarter. Um, up 7 after 1. Could have been a lot more. Second quarter comes. Grimes comes in. <laughs> he checks in as the first player off the bench again. And he immediately makes impact with 3 consecutive triples within like the first 6 minutes. Uh, the Knicks go up 42-29. Halfway mark in the, in the second. The bench... Alongside Grimes were playing fantastic basketball. Toppin gets a quick steal. Uh, Beverly, in frustration, commits a take foul, and from there, that's when the Knicks starters come back into the game, and the inevitable happened once again: stagnant play. The Knicks started playing, you know, horrendous offense, um, and they were out rebounded, thirteen to seven. Once those starters came back in in the final six minutes of the half. The Knicks did not score in the final four minutes of the half, entering halftime up just three points, with Grimes leading the way with eleven. In the third quarter <coughs> excuse me. The Knicks extremely ugly play once again to start the period, because the starters are still in there. Randall and Barrett playing atrocious, and I mean atrocious basketball. Once again, both were missing everything they shot, and they were turning it over. RJ had zero points for the first three quarters, and Randall, who finished the night five for twenty, was not doing anything in the third. Um, it took two and a half minutes for the Knicks to score when finally Fournier connected on a three-ball. So combine that with the final four minutes of the second quarter, it's a long drought for the Knicks offensively. Finally. You've got Kemba Walker getting it together. Mitchell Robinson still had it going. And then you had Taj Gibson getting involved there towards the end of the period. The Knicks enter the fourth quarter up 10 points. Back and forth fourth quarter, uh, but the Knicks get some nice timely baskets and rebounding especially from Mitchell Robinson. RJ finally got it together late in the fourth. He scores his only seven points, um, but they come in the final minutes of the fourth Critical timing, and then Randall hits a pair of free throws late to cap it. So I wouldn't say the Knicks ever put it away at any point because this thing was close the entire time, more close than it should have been. Um, But the Wolves kind of just ran out of time. 48 wasn't enough. Kemba Walker had 10 points on 3 of 11 shooting. The Wolves did a nice job neutralizing the Knicks' pick and roll. Uh, Their pick and roll attack wasn't the same as the game went on. You know, like they had it going in the early going, but defenses are starting to realize that, and they're starting to double Kemba out of the pick-and-roll and force the ball out of his hands. And that's a problem, especially once they won zone. Once the Timberwolves went zone, they threw that at the Knicks, I think, early second quarter. It just threw Kemba out of whack and everybody, really. Um, Fournier, who had 13 points on 5-14 shooting, he was also affected by the zone, was ran off the three-point line. Uh, He was hot in the early, you know, early going, like I said. In the lanes, playmaking, freeing himself open off the ball. But once they won zone, he lost it. And on the other end, his defense remains disgusting. His defensive rotations were pitiful to watch. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, Julius Randle. 13 points on 5 for 20 shooting, 1 for 5 from 3, 2 for 3 from the free throw line. Um, He had 15 rebounds and 4 turnovers. Julius had some solid looks early on, but they never fell at any point in this game. And he too, once Minnesota threw that 2-3 zone at us, he was also affected. And he let that impact everything else. He wasn't going offensively, and so he let his effort wane and his body language was evident. Um, on the other side of the floor, it, it was repugnant to watch, and that should say a lot, you know. When when his, his usual body language is usually bad, but these last couple of nights, even you even have Breen and Wally Zerbiak positive Wally and professional Breen even calling out Randall's efforts. That should say a lot. He wasn't making efforts to get through screens, um, he rebounded, yeah but many times he failed to make an effort to box out. He wasn't cutting hard off the ball. He was missing his defensive rotations again, and he was slow getting up the court. We're going to get to that again in a second when we talk about tonight's game. Mitchell Robinson had 14 points against the Wolves, 18 rebounds, 7 free 8 field goals, 2 steals, and a block. He was the difference in this game. He was the game. Without him and his paint presence, this is an easy loss for the Knickerbockers. Um, his roll gravity... Allowed for good spacing for the Knicks. Um, you know, and his rim running was exceptionally great. You could see him, he seems to have that bounce back, that agility. His conditioning seems to be better, at least for now. Um, and he made everybody better, especially on defense. He was making his teammates better with his shot blocking and his shot altering, and his presence alone allowed for other Knicks defenders to be able to recover on screens and get back out quick enough on the perimeter because of what he was doing down the middle. Grimes had 11 points, and he played 31 minutes. His offense has been a pleasantry. We know that. We know that he can shoot his quick release. He's got good handles. Those two things make him a threat every time to beat closeouts. Excuse me. But it's the defense, in my opinion, when it comes to Quentin Grimes, that really stands out. Um... You know, forcing turnovers and just pressuring the um, pressuring the the what's it, the opposing offense on the ball. He did a fantastic job of that with his ball denial. Playing with 100% effort every single time. Every minute he was out on the floor, he was just sprinting. He was hustling. There was that one possession. I think it was the final minute of the game where he sprinted down the court and poked the ball free from Beasley on that break. Just... To you know that was a microcosm of of who Quentin Grimes has been for the Knicks. Um, it's impressive that he is already developing an identity for himself, kind of like a, a three and D wing. So that's good. You can make a case. You could probably make a case that he's their best shooter and perimeter defender, if you want. Although um, there are some exceptions, you know, defensively you can you can list some other players. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, Obi Toppin. <laughs> Seven points, uh, three for three field goals, three assists in 11 minutes. Once again, in this Timberwolves game, making positive impact when he was in there. Uh, The production is one thing, but with Obi Toppin, you get efficient production. That's a whole other thing. That's what differentiates his winning impact from Randall's impact on winning this year is the efficient production we're getting from Toppin versus just production. And I put that in quotes from Randall. Um, but Obi flashed some playmaking. He had that dump-off pass on the drive to Taj. Um, some more acrobatic finishes. There was that one lob from IQ near half court. He was cutting well from the baseline once again, and this is something I will absolutely keep mentioning because it's so crucial for the Knicks to have a player who can move so well off the ball. Um, even he, I think he hit an open three from the corner as well, so it's good to see the shot start to fall. But again... <laughs> Obi Toppin, 11 minutes. Tibbs cut his minutes short for some reason. He passes up an open look in the fourth, um, later turns it over, and he gets pulled. It's crazy to me. Um, But we're going to talk more about Tibbs and his rotation uh, when we go over this Knicks-Pistons game. The the Knicks-Wolves game was fortunately a win, just like tonight was, and we're going to get to tonight's game. Be right back. So, BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way. To get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Dude, it fucking sucks because I'm trying to rush through this. You can tell, right? I'm trying to rush through this and talk as quick as I can. But the more I do that, the more strain it's having on my voice. Um, But I feel fine. I just have to get through this one. Knicks-Pistons. Knicks Knicks take this one 94-85. But somehow, it feels like they got blown out. Just with the way this whole thing went. Um, it really did not feel good. Uh, I don't know how the hell they pulled this one out, but they, they, they managed to do so. Because, well, I did know out because the bench came in, and the, the lackluster starters, as usual, didn't play well and were pulled, um, fortunately, this time. Uh, but yeah, 94-85, we get the win. You figured it'd be an easy night. That's what I wrote in my notes right off the top. You figured this would be an easy night for the Bockers. Um. Make sure we're set. Good. You're playing the NBA's most pathetic team. I think they still have five wins, which they had last time we played them. Um, but they were down 12 men and played their entire G League roster. Okay? So this was the perfect opportunity for the Knicks to really show the fan base that they figured it out. And they did win, again, the three in a row, but I feel like this was, you know, you're 1.5 back in the sixth seed with COVID running through the NBA right now. You're playing against a bunch of G League rosters. Dominate and really instill confidence into this fan base. Um, but instead, quite possibly, it may have been the worst effort I've ever seen from this team um, in a win. In a win. it might have, Yeah, it may have been the worst winning effort I've ever seen from this Knicks team in, in my many years of watching them now, I've watched the Knicks consistently since 2012, 2013, um, around that time. So, you know, almost, almost 10 years. It was a pretty diabolical effort. It was an abominable act to watch this team play tonight. Especially you know, the starters in that third quarter. I mean, thank God for Alec Burks. Thank God for the veteran Alec Burks. Taj Gibson, too. Give Taj credit. You know, Burks, 34 points, 12 for 17 shooting, 5 for 8 on threes, 5 for 5 from the free throw line, three steals. Thank God for that, man. Taj Gibson, he he had four blocks, some good passing in the fourth quarter, and some really good defense in the middle of the lane. But man, oh man, that third quarter, just how, the Knicks looked like they did not give a shit. I mean, from the start, from the jump, you could look at Julius Randle and you you could see, oh, it's going to be one of these nights again from him, isn't it? He just looked disinterested. And the third quarter comes, he's still disengaged. Poor decision making. You've got Zerbiak and Breen ripping him. And I mean ripping him. Yeah, the th- the three straight turnovers, which the, the Pistons turned into baskets. Diallo torching us in the third quarter, getting to the basket. Walton and Garza, some bum, were hurting us on the inside. Especially Walton rebounding. And, and, and uh, Finally, though, finally, ten frigging minutes later for some reason, Tom Thibodeau waits ten minutes... 10 minutes later, down 14 points at this point. We're not even winning anymore. We're down 14 points, and he waits until the two- or three-minute mark of the third quarter to finally pull the starting unit and bring in the bench mob. And what happens when that happens? The bench unit comes in, and just like that, the Knicks take a lead. Just like that, they, they wrap up the third quarter on a solid run, and they hold Detroit scoreless until the eight minute mark in the fourth quarter. Why? Because like I always say with this bench unit, it's ball movement, it's full court play, it's the athleticism, it's the unselfish off the ball movement, and it's the defensive energy. And if you look at the box score, this is pretty friggin' hilarious because you know, usually the plus minus thing I'm I'm iffy with, but this one, the eye test backs it up. It was Randall minus twenty seven, Robinson minus twenty two, Walker minus twenty one, and boy does he stink. R. J. Barrett minus twenty nine, Quinton Grimes minus seventeen. Let's go to the bench. Obi Toppin a plus thirty six, Taj Gibson a plus thirty one, Deuce McBride a plus thirty nine. Alec Burks a plus 28 and Emmanuel quickly a plus 27. This is consistently a thing too. It's consistently occurring. Maybe not to this extent on the box sheet, but it consistently happens. If you watch this team, the eye test consistently tells you that when you watch the bench play versus when you watch this starting unit play, there is a complete difference in energy level. Fortunately for Burks and Gibson, or fortunately for the Knicks, Burks and Gibson bailed them out, especially Burks. They went back to their pick-and-roll heavy attack in the fourth. IQ did a nice job as the lead ball handler, so give him some props too. But fortunately, the bench unit played the entire fourth quarter because Tibbs finally came to his senses, and the Knicks pulled away with the win. And so Randall and his shitty five points on two for 11 field goals isn't getting criticized even more because he was absolutely I can't even find the adjective to describe how disgusting he was I can't even find it I just used an adjective there but that doesn't even feel powerful enough his screening was very lazy Wally even mentioned that how he was just standing there it wasn't even enough to call it a slip screen it wasn't a screen He just happened to run into a body walking. His off-the-ball movement is non-existent. He stands there and waits to get the ball. When he gets the ball, he goes right to the wing, to the elbow, and does his ISO shit and chucks up a stupid off-the-dribble brick. On the other side of the floor, his defensive rotations were once again non-existent. And he spends time sulking and bitching to officials in transition when he's supposed to be getting back on the other end. He got cooked tonight by Diallo, Bay, RJ Barrett did too, but at least RJ showed up with 15 points. Randall did not show up. When is he going to show up, by the way? When is that going to happen? When is that going to happen? The Pistons, the Wolves played G League units out there, and Randall shoots 5 for 20, 2 for 11. I am so tired of this shit, dude. I am sick and tired of it. Let's head to break. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on UltimateSportsNetworks.com titled The Bomber Bokker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bacher blog on Ultimate using promo code 6 a 2841 E R J C 799 a month. Where so where do we go from here with Julius Randle, right? That's my biggest question right now. Where do we go from here? What has to happen in order for this team to change? Because right now, this current team we're watching, this is not a good team. This is the bad basketball team struggling to make the playoffs. They might not make it, and if they do make it, this is somehow even worse of a team in the first round that we're going to win this this year. I mean, they were uh, almost uh, swept this year. They're not even going to—they're not going to pick up a win if they make it with this current team. They—what do we do from here? What do we do in particular with this Julius Randle situation? Because we've got ourselves a situation with him. Realistically, what the hell are we going to do? Trading him is unfortunately not an option. There's no avenue for that. Because he's got no trade value right now and you also just extended the guy and his contract extension hasn't even begun yet. It begins in 2022. He's not getting traded. Maybe one player who was traded the second he gets extended. That's not happening. To me, it's just going to have to come down to Tom Thibodeau having to hold him accountable. Because at this point, unfortunately, I don't believe that Randall can turn it around. I am fully on board that last season was a complete fluke and that Julius Randall is an every two years kind of player. And if you look at his stats historically, they kind of back that up. But last season he played over his mind. What's the what's the expression? Over his head? Something like that. He's obviously not that guy. Right? He was the number one option last year, and he played like a number one option. This year, he's still the number one option, unfortunately, but he's not even playing like a three. The way he's playing, he's playing losing basketball. So trading him is not happening. That's not happening. It's going to have to come down to, in my opinion, Thibodeau holding the guy accountable for a change. And we hear all these things, and I'm I'm, I'm a victim of it because I, I said it a lot last year, especially, of Thibodeau being this hard-ass, old-school boomer who you know, gets on his players. He's got that mentality, right? That rah-rah or that, that, that uh, rowdy, you know, you know, that old school coach mentality. But he, I mean, he coddles him. How about we do something to to, to light a fire under this guy's ass? We do something to make Julius Randle realize, oh shit, I got to get my shit together. I got to get my act together. You know, make a comment about Randall like you did R.J. Barrett in a post-game presser to wake him up. Remember you said R.J. has to hit the gym more? And what does he do in his next game? He goes out there and goes goes nuts. Do something like that with Julius Randall. Chew him out in the middle of the game like you do with your young kids. Bench him to start the second half at this point. Do something like that to wake him up to make him realize, oh shit. Pull him earlier. Give him a shorter leash. That needs to happen. I just don't understand what it is that's going through Thibodeau's minds. Is it the matchups that he likes? Or is it just plain old stupidity that he leaves the starters in as long as he does? These lineups are absolutely mind-boggling when you consider how well the, the bench plays the majority of the time they take the floor compared to how pathetically horrific the starters play. Whatever it is, it cannot go on like this. Give me Obi Toppin and his enthusiasm, his energy over Julius Randle and his sleepiness, his disengagement every single day of the week. It's, he is an absolute, right now, he is an absolute disgrace to this franchise. And that, that says a whole lot, given how repugnant the Knicks are as an organization historically. Something needs to happen. And in the post-game presser tonight, I haven't watched it, but from what I'm reading about, seeing these, these verified sources on Twitter, who these journalists from the Knicks organization, quoting Thibodeau's presser tonight, saying that he was uh, nicked up, that he's been banged up. Well, if that's the case, why is this guy still getting bigger minutes, and why is he still on the floor when he's hauling ass and barely moving? Why is he still on the floor for these extended periods of time? Why isn't Obi Toppin, who's clearly the more winning impact player right now, not getting those minutes if Randall is truly nicked up? Then why is he still getting time? We're playing the Pistons and the Wolves G League teams. We're not playing the Golden State Warriors, the Phoenix Suns, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Sixers of Philadelphia. Don't know why I said it that way. We're playing the Pistons and the Wolves G League teams. Why? If this excuse is true, is he still playing then? And to me, it's it's an excuse. I, I don't buy it for a minute. This is once again Thibodeau coddling him and not holding him accountable. And that's what it's going to come down to. Nothing is going to change with this team. It's all going to continue to be the way it's been if Thibodeau does not hold Randall accountable. It's got to happen. Also, for the people calling Kemba a scapegoat this entire time, this is why he was benched. He just doesn't have it. On the back-to-back, you can see it starts to get to him. The knees are getting to him. The minutes workload is getting to him. I would sit him on back-to-backs. He's not aggressive enough. Once defenses start to double him, he doesn't know what to do. He can't play defense to save his life. I, I'm telling you, you're going to get performances like this from Walker because at this age of his career, this is who he is. We saw him at the Boston Celtics last year, and if you paid a lick of attention, you'd know he was not good with them. He was never a scapegoat. He was benched because he was playing poor basketball. And right now, you're going to see a lot of this. You're going to see a lot of up and downs. He's not going to be the guy who goes and drops 40, gives you triple-double the next night. No, he's going to be a guy who might have some some of those performances, but they're going to be far and few between. So where's Jamal Crawford tonight? I haven't looked yet on his Twitter. Where's Jamal? Jamal, where are you at tonight? I'm done. Let's head to break. We'll wrap this thing up. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability, while its mildew and water resistant properties ensure years' worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in seven to ten business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bacher blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Barker blog that you use promo code 6A2841ERJC. 6A2841ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab. Searching the Bomber Barker blog. And there you have it. All right. So last time out in episode 295, our NYY NYK question of the day was, where did the term Knickerbocker originate from? So what are the origins of that term? And the answer to that question for 295 was it came from early dutch settlers yeah early dutch settlers wore these pants called knickers and so because they wore those pants called knickers they were called they, they were called knickerbockers the settlers were all right <clears throat> but this episode episode 296 as you can see on the screen, if you're watching the podcast, our NYY NYK question of the day brought to you by Anchor. Which Hall of Fame Knicks coach succeeded. Uh, can't speak. Which Hall of Fame Knicks coach succeeded Red Holtzman in 1982 but was fired for Bob Hill in 1986? All right, one last time. Which. Hall of Fame Knicks coach succeeded Red Holtzman in 1982 but was fired for Bob Hill in 1986. Let me know the answer on Facebook or Instagram and I'll give you a shout out. <clears throat> I'll give you a shout out for fuck's sake. I can't talk. My voice is almost out. So perfect time to end the episode. Guys, hope you enjoyed this one. Again, wasn't a great episode, just me ranting and losing my voice the entire time. Hopefully when I'm back at full health, we'll be good. We'll have the usual episodes going, you know, where I'm at full strength, and we actually break it down a little more. But I'm frustrated, and I'm going to go let out some more anger on uh, on UFC 4, on my PS4. (laughs) So that's what I'm going to do. All right, guys. Hope you all have a wonderful night. God bless. Stay safe. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. And I'll see you next time. this podcast is brought to you by anchor it's the best way to make a podcast download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm